Colossians chapter number 4. I know it takes the Spirit of God to create unity. Amen. Endeavor and keep unity in the bond of peace over there. Ephesians 4. That just The bottom line is everybody's got to crucify and uh, quit having their own agenda and only have one agenda, which is God's agenda. And if you've got too many people that want to have their own agenda, you're, you're never going to be able to come together and work. If you've got four guys trying to carry log and they want to go north, south, east, and west, you're never going to get the log where it needs to go. Somebody's got to come to mind with somebody when they say, let's go lay it down over here, and the other three got to cooperate. I mean, that's, somebody's got to give in to the other brother and submit to him. That's just hard for people to do, especially when you got men to think that they ought to be the head and everybody knows better. And that's just, and when you get 200 people in a church, you got 200 people that know the way it ought to be done. It's just like you guys were talking earlier about finances and different people. You know how many guys out there that ain't got a buck in their pocket tell you how to make a million bucks? <laughs> everybody can make. You know, they they seem to have their act together. I don't know, but uh, there's very few that actually make the millions. But everybody else knows how to do it. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the sad part. Everybody's got an opinion. And Lou Guadano said the reason Peter was weeping is he had too high of an opinion of his opinion. And uh, boy, 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 well, you talk about that's a thought and a half now. Peter had too high of an opinion of his opinion. I'll never... I'll never deny thee. Yeah, okay, Peter. Yeah, uh -huh. all right. A little heat got on. He he went and warmed himself with the devil's fire and began to cuss him. Amen. Amen. Uh, Colossians chapter number 4, Paul said in verse 2, continue in prayer. Watching the same with thanksgiving with all prayer and also for us, God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I also am in bonds, that I may... Make it manifest that I ought to speak. Amen. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. We've been dealing with Paul's prayer requests and things that Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13. i got to be real careful here. I don't preach something else. 2 Corinthians 13, I love the way it ends. And... Uh, it's got some good stuff. I just want to give you something that's in the midst of this truth. 2 Corinthians 13. Paul's preaching and telling people, make sure, verse 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Christ or Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. <laughs> and old Jim Lentz would say, he said, don't tell me, he said, an old bumblebee would sting a donkey. And he said, that donkey would want to kick down the side of a barn. He says, you, you don't tell me somebody's biggest Christ move in you and you don't know somebody moved in you. And then another preacher said this. He said, it may not be a big God moving in. Maybe it was a big devil that moved out. <laughs> but there ought to be a trans... I mean, you ought to know that something happened to you. Some people, I said, I felt the weight of sin. I believe it's the wrath of God being lifted off of you. But listen, uh, some people say, man, I felt clean for the first time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I got a 
preacher friend, his brother, uh, he's in heaven now, and uh, Brother Herschel had ordained me. His son Jimmy was in a shower at 50-something years old, and when he was in the shower, he's dealing with God, and, and uh, he, he was in there, and he realized he was lost. And he got saved in the shower, and he said, I know I was getting wet, he said, but I just felt so clean when I got saved. Amen. And uh, Jimmy went on to be with the Lord. He had cancer, and that cancer helped him really evaluate his relationship with the Lord. And Jimmy wound up going on and serving the Lord the best he could until the Lord took him home. But you know what? He made it right. Sometimes being in a preacher's home, man, some kids might think that they're all right. Jimmy was raised in a preacher's home under one of the best preachers there was. And Ruth uh, got to realizing one night, I'm lost, man. And he got saved in the shower. <laughs> and his baby brother that went to PBI and graduated down there, he called me and he's telling me he's just a weeping and crying on the phone about how his baby brother come to Christ. Or his bro the brother above him came to Christ. Amen. And, amen. Uh, it's wonderful to know when you met Christ and He did something for you. Amen. That's, that's a day that everybody ought to know. Amen. Verse 6, But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. Boy, isn't that good? Yep. I mean, Paul had a prayer request that the people wouldn't do no evil. Now there's a battle out there whether people can sin or not sin and be right with God. I say you can't be right with God. I say you can't live in sin and enjoy sin and be right with God. I didn't say you couldn't be saved. Saved people commit sins. Amen. Let's, let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Something happens when you get saved and your whole attitude about sin will change. Amen. Yeah. It has to. Listen, if you got truly saved, God dealt with you about sin and sins. Right? Jesus Christ, thou shalt call his name Jesus and save his people what? From their sins. Right. You understand? God, listen, the Holy Ghost moves in. He's going to tell you, I want this dirt out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just a supernatural thing. <laughs> it's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. He'll say, hey, I don't want to go to this bar no more. I don't want to hear that music no more. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to dress like this and where the Holy Ghost begin to tell you some things to take care of. Now look at what it says in Second Corinthians or Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse ten. And with all the seebleness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Why? That they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had what? Pleasure and unrighteousness. You get saved and the Holy Ghost moves in, you may commit unrighteousness, but you really ain't going to have pleasure in it. You're going to grieve the Holy Ghost, you're going to vex the Holy Ghost, you're going to quench the Holy Ghost, and you're going to wish that you didn't go out and live in sin after the Holy Ghost moved in. He does not like you to live in sin. He don't want you to be a participant in sin. And he will reign on your spiritual parade and make you miserable. And the most miserable person on the earth is not a lost man. It's a saved person that wandered away from God and grieved the Holy Ghost. And now God's kicking him and the devil's kicking him and everybody's kicking him. <laughs> Amen. That's the worst place to be. So dive in all the way and get right with God and at least let the world, the flesh, and the devil kick you. But don't let God be against you. Amen. 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 A backslid Christian is the worst Christian out there yeah. because nothing can make them happy. Nothing can satisfy them. They're miserable. 
Amen. They, they, they lost a piece with God or the peace of God, however you want to say it. They don't have it. They, they've allowed sin to enter in, and God said, you want to serve sin? Go ahead. I'm just going to back out. You're on your own. <laughs> and man, you're you in a mess. So Paul said, I pray you do no evil. Let's go back one page. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And how can we, how, what can we do about it? Well, let's start with verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Get saved, rejoice. Amen. Be thankful. Yeah. Be excited about the things God's doing. Man, enjoy the beautiful sun that we've seen tonight, the clouds that yeah. we've seen, and the rain that we've seen, the flowers you get to smell. Amen. I mean, begin to enjoy life. Say, thank you, Lord, for life and people and, and enjoy it. Amen. Well, I can't be fellowship with so and so. So enjoy the people you're with. Yeah. You know, I could sit back and get upset and say, well, I don't have 50 people here tonight and I can be a sourpuss. No, we got, we got five people sitting out there. They come to hear the Word of God and I'm excited. I got five people to teach. Amen. Amen. I don't have to have Bible study all by myself tonight. Amen. So five people come out and say, preacher, give us something. Amen. There's a guy named Brian in Calgary. Amen. You listening, Brian? Amen. Up in Calgary. He likes my videos. Can't understand why more people don't want to watch him. He's excited. He's learning. He's growing. Amen. He's not really was part of a, a church and, and he's saved and now he's got, logged on to us and I'm kind of like his pastor in a sense and, and he's here and preaching. Amen. Rejoice evermore. Be excited. Amen. Sometimes people don't have a local congregation. Amen. Sometimes the Lord said, I mean the Lord said, we're two or three, you're gathered. Yep. He said, there am I in the midst. He said, hey, you may be a small flock. Maybe he was thinking about an underground church. There's, a, there's two or three here, there's three or four there and they're all meeting and having a chance to pray and love one another. There wasn't a whole lot of organized big church buildings like this in the dark ages. They'd come in and wipe you out. Yeah. We may be underground again. You never know. And just for finding another Christian, I mean, they would write, they would write a, a loop in the sand. Another person would come by and write another loop in the sand and finish the fish. And they realize they're brethren. They could stand there and say, Amen, brother, love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I pray for you. Let's pray for each other. Amen. Yeah. And, and they go on about their business. And that was the extent of their worship service. Because they were hunted like uh, dogs. Amen. They were hunted like rabbits by dogs, put it that way. And uh, they were prey. But you know what? I thank God we rejoice evermore. Rejoice for what we do have. Amen. Hey man, thank God I got half a glass. Yeah. Instead of here, I might not have a full glass. Thank you, Lord, for that swallow. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this half eaten sandwich. Praise God. I pray you knock the cooties off. <laughs> Amen. Hey man, we might have to share a slice of pizza with somebody someday. I don't want I mean, praise God. You understand? Rejoice. Learn to rejoice in some things. Amen. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Amen. As Paul's asking us, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. Just keep praying. Keep praying. Don't let up. Amen. You ever read Luke 18? Luke 18 said, men ought to always pray. And there was, a, there was a widow over there praying to an unjust judge. And she kept saying, Lord, uh, avenge me my adversary. 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 And the unjust judge said, though I don't, don't regard man or God, but because this woman's uh, continual coming, she weary me, I'll just give her what she's asking for. Yeah. And God said, you hear what the unjust judge said? Amen. He said, will not God avenge his very elect that cry out to him day and night, though he bear long with them? And then he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Will we find anybody's willing not to quit praying and keep praying and keep seeking his face, no matter whether they're getting the answer or not? 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12. You know, Paul asked us to pray about some things. And uh, Paul's talking with God. He's caught up in the third heaven. This is probably when he was stoned in Acts 14. He was taken up as dead, drug out of the city. Maybe his soul went to be with God and God gave him a divine revelation up there and then his spirit came back into his body and he got up and marched back into the city. After he seen the third heaven, he said, Man, stone me again. <laughs> Get me back up to glory. <laughs> right? I mean, he become, he become a, a reckless. I mean, hey, man, he said, Have you seen what I've seen up there, man? Come on, let the rocks fly, buddy. Amen. There ain't nothing to fear here. Right? <laughs> Hey, man, if I, if I was caught up to the third heavens, I got to looking around. I'd say, man, you want to send me back down there? No, please don't. <laughs> right? Yeah. Look at what he says. Verse 6, For though I would desire the glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that heareth of me, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now watch this. For this thing I besought the Lord what? Thrice. Thrice. Three times that it might depart from me. Sure. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient, for, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know what he said? He said, I beg God. And God said, no. Hmm. Amen. God ever answer your prayers? Yeah, he said, no. Hmm. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. That's something to think about. He prayed how many times? Three times. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter number 26. You know, the people try to measure their spirituality in so many different ways. Yeah. Amen. They compare themselves among themselves for what? Not wise. Amen. They're not wise. Am I in the right place where I'm looking? Yeah, I'm on the wrong page. There we go. Jesus takes three disciples with him. Verse 36, Then come a Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit here while I pray yonder. And he took with them Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh on his disciples and findeth them asleep, saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time, praying, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went and prayed away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep now and take your rest, 
Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be gone. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You know what Jesus did? He prayed three times and asked God to do something. He wouldn't do it. Are we above Jesus Christ? Are we above the Apostle Paul? No, both of those men cried and prayed out to God three times and they asked him. See, God, give me this. Give me this. Give me this. And he said, no, no, no. You understand? Sometimes the greatest thing you'll ever get in prayer is no. Well, I want you to answer it. I just want it. You said you'd give it. I said, no. Drink it. Suck it up. Take it. My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect where? Last thing a man wants to do is be weak. Especially in front of his wife. Right? He's supposed to be strong in front of her. Right? Macho man turned macho man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. Right? She married a hunk, became a chunk. Hello? <laughs> Amen. He, he, wants a, he wants to show out for his babe. Amen. And you know what? His babe ain't impressed with his machoism, really. Right? She laughs at him. You knucklehead. You're a fool. You're a jerk. I love you anyhow. Amen? Right? But uh, honestly, he wants to be able to provide. He don't want to be weak in front of his wife. A man doesn't want to be weak in front of all the other men. He don't want to be portrayed as a sissy or weak. Some men don't want to cry in front of other men because that's a sign of weakness. I was told, grow up, sissies cry. Man up. Don't cry. So when I got saved, I didn't cry. Somebody said, well, you didn't get saved because you didn't cry. They're knuckleheads. Amen. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I gave Christ my heart. I trusted Him as my Savior. And I've done a lot of weeping at His feet since. Amen. And I, I just tell you, listen, we don't like to appear weak. And, and, and uh, listen, a lot of women like to see weakness in a man sometimes. You say, why is that? Because they know he's real. Amen? But when we're weak, then Christ can minister through us. Amen? And His strength be made perfect. The problem is, is we've figured out this thing of Christianity and we know how to run with the ball and God's got to let us fall flat on our face and show us it ain't of us. It ain't my soul winning methods. It ain't my knowledge of all the scriptures. It's not how many verses I can quote on somebody's doorstep. It's not how blue I can get in the face or how far I can spit or how loud I can scream. It's not how many pews I can run and jump. It's his power falling on us. Yeah. Amen. And God will use some weak, anemic looking little Christian come walking in. The power of God is dripping off him everywhere. And he can't, he can't get a holy grunt up. But God can do something with him. Amen. God, our, 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 his strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's a hard thing. You know what God does? He breaks us. He makes us get on all fours. He makes us get down in our face in the dirt. You said, I don't believe that. Al Hansen down there in Tennessee fasted and prayed. I can't remember how many days or several weeks. And he was leaving. He was disgruntled. He was upset. He was sleeping at a tent out in the woods. And he was walking out of there and he was crying. He said, God, why ain't you blessed? Why ain't you giving me the power, God? I'm out here. Why ain't you meeting me? And he's walking through the woods and he's crying. And he hit a stump, a root. 
And when he hit a root, he falls and he stumbles and he blasts his face right in the gravel and the dirt. Amen. And his glasses come off him, dirt and all that in his face. And he's crying and there's mud and there's snot and everything. And he's weeping and he said, Al, that's what you are right there, Al. Don't you ever forget what you are, Al. And God broke him right there and God blessed him. And the last time I went to Al's church, he had 20-some hundred people in that church. <laughs> God broke him. He said, Al, it's right here. You ain't nothing, Al. You understand me? God had to break him. It wasn't a fasting. It was him getting to a place where God can get him in a position to get him on the face. And it took him getting frustrated to walk away to trip over his own feet or a root and plant his face into the dirt and God give him a revelation that he ain't ever forgot. <laughs> oh, man, I just want to humble myself. Lord, hey, man, I, just, I, don't, I don't want to really bury my face in the dirt falling. I'd just rather just plant it in the dirt and just lay there. Just, yes, God, whatever. You understand? Uh, he can break me however he wants to break me. He's, he don't need my permission, but I'm, I'm willing to let him just break me. If that's what he'll do, just to be honored and, and have him even show up and come by and visit us. If he'd if he delight in coming by and visiting us and I could just stay low where I never get haughty and big, I, that's fine with me. I don't want to be a big shot because the bigger you get, the, the louder the bang. <laughs> I'm not interested in how loud the bang gets. But what I'm saying is sometimes God will say no to your prayers. He said no to Jesus. He said no to Paul. And I heard a young man preaching in Florida at a camp meeting. And he said, God sometimes doesn't answer your prayers. And when you begin to ask God to answer prayers, sometimes he says no. And then you ask him, God, would you change the circumstances? God, I want you to change. And Lord, I want this, but if if you won't do it, then we begin to ask God to change the circumstances, right? Change the situation. Remove the people. Do whatever. I'm uncomfortable where I'm at, so I'm just asking you to re-change everything. Reshuffle the deck, so to speak, in my life, right? Because we want, we want God to do something, right? We don't like the word no. We want Him to do something, but God, okay. You won't give me a Ford to give me a Chevy. I mean, I just whatever. Amen. You won't give me a four-bedroom house. How about a five-bedroom house? Amen. You won't give me a house with three acres. Give me one with ten. I mean, <laughs> right? We're not satisfied. We ask God to begin to start changing the situation and the circumstances. Yeah. Well, then he said, number two, God, show us what we can change. The answer is no. What can I change? God, what, what can I change around here to see growth in this church? Instead of me looking at what God will change in you, how about what God will show me that I can change? I was waiting for amens, but I didn't get any, so I just, I thought you all jump on the batting wagon again on that one. What can I change? What can you change? Right? God, what, what can I personally change? Obviously, you're not answering our prayers. Obviously, something's not right. What can I change to make it right? What do I need to remove out of my life? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? Lord, show me what i got to do. Right? Number three, God, change us. Change me. Not only my circumstances, not only what I can change, God, change me. 
God, get me in the position and make me what I need to be to be able to receive what I'm asking for. And then the young man said this, not why, but how. Lord, why do I got to change? No. Lord, how do I got to change? Lord, show me what I got to change in me to get in the place where I can get your hand on me, get your touch on me, get you, get you to flow through me, to get you to answer my prayers. Lord, change me. Listen, years ago I was praying for a wife. Man, I prayed for her. And you know, I really prayed for you. And then I quit praying for her. I said, God, why don't you change me? Why don't you make me what I need for her? He's still working on me. <laughs> make me what I ought to be. Amen. My wife's really praying that God would come around and answer these prayers. Mark chapter 5. Amen. But I begin to pray, God, change me. Change me. Make me the man I need to be to be able to lead her. I quit praying for her to be what I need. I got to praying for what I need to be for her. Amen. I hope she does the same thing. But uh, that's the bottom line. And I'll end with this section of Scripture. When I seen this, it's bothered me. This bothered me more than you can even imagine. We're talking about not getting your prayers answered, right? Jesus comes over and he sees a man, madman of Garrett there. We'll start with verse 1. And they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And it was come out of the ship immediately there met him a man of the tombs a man, or met him out of the tombs, a man of an unclean spirit, with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been off bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus... Afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried and with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. He's got a prayer request there, doesn't he? He's saying, Jesus, please don't torment me. You understand? Hello? And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now you got this legion crying out. You got the man, and now you got the legion praying and asking Jesus. Answer a prayer. <laughs> Amen. Verse 11. Now there was night. Under the mountains a great herd of the swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. And, forth, and forthwith Jesus gave them what? All these devils prayed and asked Jesus something, and Jesus answered their prayer just like that. He wouldn't answer Paul's. He didn't even answer Jesus'. But here's all these devils, a legion, a man possessed, they all beseech Jesus Christ. They recognize who he is. They said, please don't torment us. He doesn't. He said, please give us opportunity to leave, and he does. And then he said, please send us into the swine, and they do. Jesus answered their prayers. 
Sometimes he won't answer ours, but here he's answering devil's prayers. Look at what he says in verse 13. And forthwith Jesus gave him leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And it came on to Jesus and see, see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw it told and they that saw it told how it befell him that was possessed of the devil, and also concerning the swine, and they began to what? Pray him to depart out of the coast. And when he's in a ship, and when he come into the ship, Amen, he that was possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Now notice all the people of the country. The count round about that area, they all come out of the city and everything. Said, "What'd you do?" He said, "He destroyed your business. What business? Our hog business. What do you mean? All our hogs, all the bacon, all our ham, all our pork chops are now deviled ham, and they done run down a hill and they're drowned. He destroyed our hog crop. You know what they said? You need to get out of our town. You understand? You need to leave." He said, "We pray you leave our coast." He said, "Goodbye." See, he answered their prayer. They said, Jesus, we don't want nothing to do with you. Get out of here. He said, okay. Answered their prayers. Isn't that something? He answered the devil's prayer. He answered a whole group, a whole countryside full of lost people's prayers. He said, we don't want you around here. He said, okay. He answered their prayers. And there's times we don't, we're saved, born again children of God. We don't get our prayers answered. Right? Watch this. Verse 18, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He said, Lord, I just want to be with you. Howbeit, Jesus, what? Suffered him not. Suffered him not, but say to him, Go home to thy friends, tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and have compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done on him, and all men did marvel. You know what? Jesus didn't answer his prayers. Here's a brand new convert. He didn't get his prayers answered. The devil's got the prayers answered. The country of lost people got their prayers answered. The legion got his answers prayer. <laughs> you understand? Here's a brand new convert. Don't even get his prayers answered. Isn't that something? You understand? Sometimes Jesus tell you no. Jesus told this young man, he said, you know what? I know you want to be with me, but you just need to go brag on me to your family and your friends. Go tell them about me. And he began to go publish and go do what Jesus... He obeyed what Jesus said to do without getting his prayer answered. And that's something. You might not get your prayer answered, but you do what you're told to do. He's told us in his book how to live the Christian life and what, we're, what he expects us and how he expects us to live day by day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're crying out saying, Lord, answer this prayer. He said, why don't you just do what you're told to do? Yeah. How about let's just start there. Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Lord, I want. Yeah, well, you've been watching too many commercials. <laughs> right? I want, I want, I want, I want. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And so this man doesn't get his prayers answered, but he's obedient and just goes, starts bragging on Jesus. Man, you think the Lord liked that? Yeah. Amen. Men get to get to marvel. Amen. Sometimes, listen, what I'm saying is sometimes Jesus ain't going to answer your prayers. 
And Paul, Paul was telling us some things in his life. He said, sometimes God doesn't answer prayers. But God will supply grace. God will take and intervene in your life. When you're weak, He'll be strong. Glory in your infirmities and your necessities and all your persecutions. All those things that come upon you. Just enjoy God. Rejoice evermore. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Don't give up. Just keep walking with God. Keep obeying. And it doesn't matter if you get a yes or a no. Yeah. Or wait a while. The bottom line is... You're walking with God. You're loving on Jesus. You're being thankful with the right heart and spirit. Amen. And we pray anyhow. Whether it gets answered or it doesn't. Really, it's not the answered prayer that matters. You really don't judge prayer by the answer. You judge prayer by the communion you have with God. Listen, when you pray, He didn't give me what I wanted. But did you have communion with God? Did you improve your relationship with God? Did you and Him just get a little bit closer? Yeah, come on. But He didn't answer my prayer. But did you get closer to God? Did you pray through? Did you have communion with the Holy Ghost? See, that's the bottom line. It's not whether you get your prayers answered. It's not the forbearing that God just wants you to roll and beg like a little dog. <laughs> you know, that ain't what praying's all about. God's not sadistic. Listen, God wants daily communion. God wants our fellowship. And sometimes he said, if I give them what they're asking for, they're not coming back to talk to me. So he'll tarry long with them because he wants the continual coming. He wants that daily fellowship. Amen. He already knows what you need before you ask him. And maybe the no is... See you tomorrow, same time, right? <laughs> Amen. You understand? Amen. That's 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 a big thing to help that helps me. Is here some devils got their prayers answered. A new convert didn't get his prayers answered. Jesus didn't get his prayers answered there. Paul got prayers answered, but not there in in Second Corinthians seven. You understand? There's times we may be praying and our prayers are misdirected and misguided. Or God's got something better, something different. Right? Paul wanted to go one direction and God sent him another. Amen. You may want to go soul winning on Main Street and God may want you on High Street. You just got to be follow the Lord and see what He wants. Maybe He don't want you to go soul winning at all that night. Amen. You just got to be careful and be, and be mindful of the Lord that it's about the relationship, not the prayer, the, 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 the reward. Amen? And like one Buddy Blunko, I think it was said, he says, we, we look too much to his hand and not his face. And David said, he said, I, I just need your countenance. I, I just need you to look upon me. I, need, I just need a good look from God. I just need a little wink, a little nod. I, I, need, I need a little smile, a little, you know, like... You're doing all right. You're okay. Yeah. I got my eye on you, okay? Everything's all right. Though I'm tearing long and delivering your prayers, I just want you to know, me and you's getting closer. <laughs> but Lord, I need I need $25 an hour job. No, you need me, son. Lord, how about hundred grand a year? No, you need me. You understand? You get that hundred grand a year, you might not be coming back to church. <laughs> you might be laying out 
Lord, I ain't going to give it to you because I need you begging me instead of laying out. <laughs> you understand? Amen. Amen. Lord, I, I need to get that 10 acres with that lawnmower and that backhoe and that bobcat and, and that boat and all that. No, you don't need all that because that's going to keep you out of church. You're going to get so busy, you're not going to keep the main thing the main thing. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So God knows. God knows what we're doing. What I'm saying is prayer ought to be for communion. Prayer ought to be for fellowship. Prayer ought to be to grow your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not just a slot machine. Amen. Amen. Where you pull a lever, you push a button, and, and out comes your reward. Amen. Uh, America's got too much of that. Yep. Amen. Gabriel, would you pray?